Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I'm really excited. I love the book of Exodus. Uh, It is Exodus, to exit, to exit rapidly. When God delivers his people from under the bondage, the tyranny, the, the wearisome toil, the hard whip and task of the taskmaster there in Egypt, as his people were being delivered, Exodus is a type of salvation. We're supposed to come out of the world and settle into the promised land. And uh, many of us can think about when God delivered us uh, from the world. We're supposed to come out, but a lot of times, even if your body is out, your mind stays in Egypt. There are people who are claiming Christianity, but they still have a worldly mentality as it relates to everything. Uh, To even pick up arms and, and storm capital buildings to say we're taking back what the devil is stole. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Those who live by the sword will actually die by the sword. And the church folk don't have to pick up arms. Protect your property, protect your family, but to storm government buildings, you're, 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 something is wrong here. And for the, the home patriot that's saying, get them, yeah, get them, get them all. Get who is, get them, get who? When we're United States, supposedly, of America. America has already gone through a civil war. It was gruesome. Uh, Many soldiers died. Young men, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, died because uh, slave owners didn't want to give up their rights. And uh, they felt that the North was imposing things on the economy of the South. And it ripped this nation apart. We don't need a second civil war. We don't need that in the streets. And many are predicting this kind of thing uh, could happen. I stood here for the last four years and I begin to say that Washington needs to tone down the rhetoric unless we see we will see blood in the streets. And many people that were here during that time left this ministry because they don't like what I say. And that's fine. I kiss you and say goodbye. But now you're seeing that the rhetoric can stir some stuff up and it's stirred up. And two wrongs don't make a right. You can be against abortion and then be, and that's right, and be wrong with storming the Capitol. Uh, killing people, killing police that you say uh, you, you support. A police officer is dead. A young lady climbing through uh, a window, shouldn't be there. Uh, ex-military is now laid to rest because she's so radical. Even her mother said that she was willing to die for what she believed in. Well, let's die for Jesus, uh, uh, not for a policy. This is America. If you believe that the Constitution is, uh, some people believe it's divine, uh, believe it's, it's righteous. Well, they, the founders said that we're creating a nation which were rebels themselves. They left tyranny. They left structure. We don't want a monarch. That's what they said. So we're coming over here. They were rebels. I'm out of here. And we'll start our own nation. But when we start it, we want everyone to feel welcome. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of religion. Well, I thought you all were Christian. You could have established that we just want Christians here. You said freedom of religion. Now you're starting to see it manifest. People have different beliefs. Thank God we are free to preach the gospel. In other countries, over a million believers killed in a year. In other countries around the world, I would say thousands and thousands of of Christians killed because they don't have the rights in China that we have. So we thank God for the nation. But freedom of expression, freedom of religion, that's what they wrote in the Constitution. So all Christians can't say anybody that's not Christian should be executed. You're no better than Hitler if you do that. So what we have to do is learn how to work together in this this experiment called democracy unless we kill each other, totally annihilate 
each other state by state. Unless we draw a line from Washington DC to San Diego and have the North from the South or the North versus the South based on rhetoric. And so what we wanna do now is come together. And I believe that the amber light of holiness is up. I believe there's a warning caution light that's flashing with me right now and I need to bring it to you that every believer needs to really tone down the rhetoric, come to senses, there's a transfer of power, whether you believe in it or not. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm an independent. And I believe from that place, I can speak truth to power. I can tell the Democrats when they're wrong, and I can tell Republicans when they're wrong. I can tell the right, the extreme right, when you're wrong. And I can tell the extreme left, you've gone too far. And I believe God raised up Donald Trump, Donald John Trump, and with all of his ways and all of the baggage that he has in his life, he raised him up for the sole purpose of straightening out courts. I said this four years ago. He's going to straighten out the courts. He cast down anything quickly that came against religious liberties, which he's not been a religious man himself. But he struck it down immediately. We're not doing this and that. Uh, if you're going in the military, oh, don't come in, don't come in here with this. We're going to change sex and all that. He struck it down. Big time. He's not playing games. And he did what he was supposed to do. And then the people that he appointed were the ones that told him this election is not rigged. I don't know why believers, if you believe the courts, we're supposed to have conservative judges. It's the conservative judges that became the firewall. If they had gone with this man and began to say, you know what, it looks like it's rigged. We would have civil war in the streets right now. But because they're conservative, they looked at it, 60 of them, and cast it out. They even rebuked uh, Giuliani and folk like that to say, you know what? Don't bring this to me. It doesn't even make sense. You know better than this. Still, it's being pushed. And I need believers to start waking up. Stop listening to QAnon and listening to Facebook prophets and everybody else. And start getting your stuff from a pure source. You can't trust all media, but some you can't trust at all. Man walking in the White House with horns on his head, you listening to him, that's your leader? You mad at me? At least I'm wearing a suit, right? I look like I'm decent, right? I'm preaching the gospel. You, 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 which one you, whose report are you going to believe? This is the world we're living in right now. We're living in a world where you can have a, a, a scientist that has documents Wearing his clothes, his tongari, giving you specifics, and you can have a person that's still living in his mama's basement, putting stuff out on Twitter, and you'll go with that. He hasn't even been proven. And you'll kick truth. The Bible says in the last days, they will rather believe a lie. When the truth is right, they're looking at him. But they'll push truth away. No, it's not fitting my paradigm. See, we prayed. See, we, we decreed and declare that Trump was going to have another four years. We called angels from Africa. And we called them from other continents. And sha-ta-ba-da-da-da, all of that. None of it is true. So what do you do now? You got rats jumping off the ship when it starts sinking. And everybody's starting to find their own way. And there's chaos in the capital cities. And there can be chaos in the churches if we don't get our heads together. I'm against abortion. But your Supreme Court, your conservative court, made it law, uphold, upheld it years ago. I'm against it. But in America, you can get it. And if you want to change, you got to change things in America. You got to change the mindset of people, not even the law. Because if you can hear your father's voice, you may push away from abortion. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. If you can hear your father's voice, don't do that. I'm talking about internally. You know what? You may back up. Or you may stop doing the things that cause the pregnancy. Well, Bishop, what if you're raped? Yeah, you can always throw something at me, right? Are you all ready to go deeper? Come on. Are you ready to go? Okay. The subject of this message today is praying for protection. For the next seven days, I need you all to go with it.
to offer up prayer to God for protection. I'm asking our intercessory prayer group to join me in this school of prayer. Well, it is a, a school of activation. The emphasis today is not necessarily teaching on prayer, but activate. I hear a warning light in my spirit, and I'm, push, I'm pushing it to you, passing it to you, so you can begin to pray and talk to God about your prayer life so he can be activated to do what he needs to do in our state, in our nation, and in our world. I do believe that there's an invisible angel that you can't see with your naked eye and the angel of God went before the camp of Israel. My prayer is that the angel of God would go before this nation. The Bible says he moved and went behind them. Usually when God is dealing with his people, he goes ahead of us. But this movement went behind them. There are things we did wrong. God needs to cover it. The things that we said wrong, God needs to fix it. There's some things that we did last year that God is trying to take care of it. There's some conversations that we had that God didn't want us to have. And the angel of the Lord with the pillar of fire needs to go behind us and fix it. Not only did he go behind Israel, but he stood between Israel and the opposition. And we'll believe in God that his presence will go between any strategy any communication right now that's causing disturbance and chaos in the streets and causing people to become very angry to where they want to hang Mike Pence. Now, let me just share something with you. Uh, you may not like, like Trump or you may not like uh, his attitude. A lot of his policies I have to go with. But Mike Pence was, uh, to me, uh, has been the most loyal uh, uh, vice president that I've ever seen, even if he disagreed with President Trump, and he had a lot to say. I mean, specialists are saying that he's had over 30,000 false statements. All of you all, this is, I, I'm, I'm surprised at you. Honestly, I'm surprised that you turn a blind eye to that, but you want to focus on your little pet things that you believe, and this whole nation is bigger than those little things. And I'm willing to sit down with any member of our church and let's have a communication. Let's talk about what you believe so we can get you to believe what we believe. And that is we believe the scriptures and uh, we believe that there is a separation from church and state. But we also believe that church can be involved in the state, but not too much. That there's a reason why we have government. And the scripture says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Even the church at times needs to be so. And when Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees, should we obey stuff? Should we do this? Why would we give taxes to a, a, a whole country or to Rome when they believe that men are gods? Jesus said, render. This is what Jesus said, render unto Caesar. Well, they have false teaching. They, they, they desecrate anything that's Christianity. They, they have same sex. They murder each other in, in, as gladiators in, 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 in stadiums. But give them tax. That's what Jesus said. What are you going to do with that? If you start thinking about it, you'll see how far off we are when it comes to following Jesus. You can be in the world and even subject to the authorities, but not of it. I want you all to think about it as I'm, I'm preaching hard. I'm already preaching hard. I'm sweating. I'm preaching hard up in here because I got to get some people unfurled from these tentacles that you're listening to. We need one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, but living in a country that believes in many. And Mike Pence, the white-haired Mike Pence, has always been loyal to President Trump. And these people wanted to hang him. I want you to imagine, a, <laughs> imagine something like that. Right in front of everybody. What the world is saying about America. When we go and we, we dis, dismantle government. We go into governments dismantling. We, we don't like how Saddam Hussein worked. We send our armies over there, dismantle their economy. 
Cut off resources. It's not right the way you treat your people. What do you say now when our people, what are we saying? Every eye in the world is looking at us. Hang Mike Pence. You don't like Nancy Pelosi. You don't like Hillary, so kill them. They're human beings too, Americans too, right? Are they Americans or not? People used to feel that same way about black people. Hang them. Get rid of them. Don't march. You can't vote. I'm amazed with Christians. Everybody should be able to come to the cross. If Donald Trump came here tomorrow and said, I'm, I just want to repent. Bishop, talk to me. You think I would kick him out? You know what I would do? Come here, join hands with me. Let's pray. That's what I would say. Because I believe in redemption. I believe anybody can shift. Some of you can't stand Trump so much so he changed your mindset. He's a man like everybody else. With flaws like everybody else. And he has a soul like everybody else. Glory to God. And if God can save me, he can save anybody. Because you may be upset about what I say, but if it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be running out of here. It's what I don't say that you need to be thinking about. I'm living in a world, a real world. This world is harsh. People are cold. People, you can help them today and tomorrow they're done with you. Don't even remember. Can promise you things and never ever fulfill it. Their oath doesn't mean anything. But I watched Mike Pence. I watched him and uh, I want you all to pray for him and his family. There are people who want to see him dead because he didn't, I guess, do what president was prompting him to do. He had no power to do that. I guess he was supposed to say, well, I'm not certifying this election. He has no power to do that. This is a democracy, not a monarch. Study your government, and I think all of us, if we studied how things work, the powers that are uh, released to certain people over a period of time, and you'll begin to understand some things. I don't, I'm not supposed to be talking politics. I got a word to preach. Feeling safe is fundamental to our well-being. Say that with me. Feeling safe is fundamental to our well-being. It's primary. Just feeling safe. It's primal. It's the springboard from which we create the life that God wants us to live. The life we deserve to live. Just feeling safe. When we're fully present, when we're fully present, Without fear. When we're fully present without fear. If you have fear, you're not fully present. Because your mind is thinking about how you can protect yourself. When we're fully present, we can enjoy a wonderful calming balm of peace. A calming balm of comfort. That brings tranquility and a deep sense of peace and structure and order. A moment of awareness comes also when you have a sense of calm. You can be more alert, not on fear or what dangers may occur, but you can start thinking about how you're going to grow yourself, how you're going to grow your business or <clears throat> grow your church. If you're worried about whether the church is going to blow up or if a coronavirus is going to overtake you and your family, the peace goes out the door. Feeling secure is different from being secure. And I want to draw a difference here between feeling secure and being secure. If you deal with, dealt with cyber security, and right now we have, to, we have to pour billions of dollars into our cyber security as a nation, because China has been able to tap in. Not only that, we've just had a major, major, uh, they believe it's, it's Russia, to kind of walk into, come in the back door, and uh, has, uh, has really uh, infiltrated some of our, um, our technology, um, has come into the back office, 
and seeing some stuff that they shouldn't see. It's a major breach that just occurred in the last three months. And cybersecurity professionals usually uh, interpret this whole thing about feeling secure and being secure, this phrase as a reminder that uh, compromise or enterprise often pays up. It pays up. It pays up service of security because they want people to feel secure and be secure. Now some people are just comfortable with feeling secure, but they don't have to be secure. I believe you need to feel secure and be secure. Now I want you to think about it. Are you the kind of person, as long as you feel secure, you're all right. Like if you feel because the door is closed, you're okay, but you don't really check to see if the locks, that the bolt lock is fixed. Or you buy a security system, but you never arm it. Buying the security system is one thing. Arming it is a whole nother. One of the things that I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to watch is leaving my car running. You know, I've had this mindset that God just protect me. Not now. <laughs> I need to do some things to protect myself as well. Being smart. Do you not know that uh, the bombers, the bombers who took down the towers in New York, one of them bought a car from this car lot next door to our church? Did you all know that? Listen to what I say. They died in planes, but they bought a vehicle. There was a car lot right here next to our church. I saw it on the news. They were in Palm Bay. You praying against the enemy, every foreign enemy. They're, they're, already, in, they're already in the States. They're enemies in the States. They're militia in the States. They're people who are thinking about turning over the government, changing the whole system. They believe that. And I want to be secure and feel secure. And you want to be secure and feel secure. So write it down. Security is a feeling and a reality. It's a feeling and a reality. We must cover both spiritually. As I said, you can feel secure and not be secure. And you can be secure even when you don't feel Secure. Security from an economic standpoint, um, there's always a trade-off. From an economic standpoint, there's always a trade-off. In other words, you've got to give up something to be secure. So if you say, well, I feel secure, okay, do you? Then what did you give up to obtain that feeling of security? Well, some would say, if we take over the government, we'll feel secure. No, you won't. Because if you take it over, that means somebody else can take it over. I want you to think about that. If you can storm the White House and take it over and kill everybody that you don't like, what do you think about a foreign nation? Anybody ever seen a movie years ago called White House Down? I bet you those people saw that movie too. And those of you in, in Hollywood need to stop all of this foolishness. You put seed in people. Oh, it's possible to take the, showing how the, how the White House is kind of functioning. You got an inside job. You saw that movie, right? It's an inside job. Denzel Washington. Start communicating with people on the inside that can open up the door from the inside. That's why your technology means nothing if you don't have trust. Oh, we're going to build a wall, okay? China did the same thing years ago. And somebody was bribed at the gate and let the enemy through the gate. Walls don't work if you don't have trust. You need more than technology and walls. You need to have peace on the inside. You need to feel secure and you need to be secure. An economic, from an economic standpoint, security always has a trade-off. Money. You got to give up some money to feel secure. You have to give up some time to feel secure, some conveniences to feel secure. You also have to deal with uh, capabilities if you're going to feel secure. 
sometimes you give up a little bit of fundamental liberty to feel secure. For instance, if you, uh, if Harris Corporation wanted you to feel secure or say a, a, a college, they have a gate that you go through. Some subdivisions, <laughs> some subdivisions, if you want to feel secure, you have to go through a gate where you may be used to riding through somebody's yard, taking shortcuts. But if you want to feel so good in the subdivision, you got to have a gate. And then that gate has a code and only those who know the code can get in. Sometimes it's only one way in and one way out. You want to feel secure? You got to give up something. There are people who want to feel secure and they don't want to give up any liberty at all. You may have to give up a little bit. Thank you, Lord. I want to feel secure from Corona. I've asked you to come in and wear masks. That took the people who believe all of this is a conspiracy. I'm not going to that church, but I see them in Walmart. I'm not going to church, but I see them doing stuff in the community. Why would it stop you from coming to the house? Just comply for a season. We can get through this. To feel secure, there must be a trade-off. It's not abnormal. You want the army to be the army? That means there's a trade-off. Those people have to be able to leave their families. They have to be able to leave their families. They have to be able to then be go to, to go to war. They have to be able to, even if they get hurt or the potential of them being hurt, they have to take a chance that when they get home, their family may not be there anymore. It's a trade-off. Thank you, Lord. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows about trade-off as it relates to that. And he makes us secure 360. The Bible says it like this in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. That you shall receive power, abilities, efficiency, and might. And you shall receive power. You shall receive abilities, efficiency, and might. Not in yourself, but when the Holy Spirit has come. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Notice it is the Holy Spirit that gives us that feeling of being secure and feeling secure because he gives us power, ability, efficiency and might when he comes upon you. When you lack Holy Spirit, you'll never feel secure. When he's not working in you, you will never feel secure. When you have to fight your own battles, you will never feel secure. This is how I fight my battles. Not with physical weapons, but I let the Holy Spirit work through me. I honor God with a holy life. I give him what I need to give him. And he takes care of my enemy. He spoils the plans of the enemy. It all works through the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage America to get back under the canopy of the Holy Spirit. You have left him. You have forsook Holy Ghost and picked up policies. Policies can't save the world. You can't legislate morality. Only Holy Ghost can. He can go to every crevice. He can go to every red light district. He can go to all of the people that live on Wall Street and those on Main Street. He can talk to people in abortion clinics. He can go into the darkness and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And then the word came. The Holy Ghost prepares people for the word that's coming. We got to get back to God. We got to get back to what Holy Ghost can do. Not what your marches can do. Not what your words can do. But what can Holy Ghost do? And you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you will be a witness. Can I get a witness? Oh yeah, he's preaching and we ain't going nowhere. Can I get a witness? You're supposed to say, oh yeah. <laughs> and you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. After the Holy Ghost has come, then you will be a witness. Before you speak, you should have Holy Ghost guiding. Did y'all hear what I said? 
before you speak to any group, Holy Ghost should be guiding believers. You can only be a witness after the Holy Ghost has come. Holy Spirit makes us witnesses. First in capital cities and in our own cities and towns. Let me change it. You can be a witness first in Judea and Samaria and then in the uttermost parts of the world. So we need to be witnesses right where we are before we march. Before we fly. Before we get around and storm. We should be a witness of the Holy Ghost being in us. Who's pushing you? What spirit is pushing you? Anger? God don't use that. Lies? God don't use lies. Pride? God don't use pride. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I'm writing the Bible, but people talk about you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand. See, God can do it. He's right. He don't conflict scripture. If I was proud, God is not using me. He resists the proud, but gives grace to what? So if you're proud, you want to start walk around like that, you think God is using that, he doesn't have to. It wasn't David's pride, pride that helped him to kill a lion and a bear with his hands. It wasn't his pride that, that helped him to beat a giant that was bigger than the boy. It was his humility. Glory to God. Moses didn't lead Israel with pride. The Bible says he was the meekest. Read the scriptures. Man on the face of the earth. In other words, if you came into the camp of the Israelites before Exodus 17, we're right now in Exodus 14, you would have to find Moses. He wasn't out front with a staff leading them like this here. Oh, 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 oh. That's not Moses' style. I don't need y'all follow me. The Bible says he was meek. In other words, he was still in the family stage. He was just happy to have his family back, back in the heart life again. He was glad to be walking around. He was, baby was baby crying. He was the one walking over there to the babies around families, helping people with their, with their baggage, putting them on his shoulders and walking with them through. Where's the leader? Well, we're following the cloud. He wasn't out front. That's not how he moved. In Exodus 17, when they began to chide with him, when they got to Rephidim, there was no water to drink. And the people began, the scripture says, I argue against him, even ready to stone him. And he goes to God and says, what am I to do? These people, he's right in the midst of them. What am I to do? He says, you need to go out before the people now. Change your leadership style. You're still in the family stage of ministry. That's why people don't know when church starts to transition. I thought Bishop loved us, but he walks right in the midst of us and won't speak. I have to change my leadership style to deal with you. If I stay in the midst of you too long, if I shake hands every day and I don't shake them this Sunday, you feel disappointed. You don't say, well, maybe he's going through something. You get mad. I'm tired. You didn't shake hands for 15 years. How are you tired? <laughs> You don't even understand that ministry goes through transition. If I'm to be a pastor of this city, I can't act like I'm the pastor of a few. I have to be able to sit down with people and agencies and talk with them. And sometimes I have to cancel some meetings. And I don't mean to, but it's, you don't know what's going on behind the scene. And if you become a president, you can't act like you're not. You got to fly Air Force One. You got to get up in the skies. You got to have jets. You got to be able to do executive orders. You can't be afraid of people. That's what I'm going to miss about Trump. Clap to yourself. Y'all don't have to clap. What's up, Coachella? <laughs> I'm 
preacher, man. Woo. Holy Spirit makes us witnesses. First in your hometown. Then in your state. Your region and in your nation. National witnesses. And if he's got in the conversation, he's got in the conversation. Write it down. Then Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. He helps our weaknesses. He injects us with boldness. But not saucy boldness. Not arrogance. He injects us with faith. But not the kind of faith that's contrary to knowledge. And he injects us with confidence. The kind of unshakable confidence that gets the job done. Being confident of this very thing. That the one who started it will complete the work. God has to start it if we expect God to complete it. If you start it, God is not obligated to complete it. And usually when man starts it, he has an emotion that's not godly. He also gives us a message. This is Holy Ghost now. He gives us a measure of grace to help us. A measure of grace is uh, added to help assist us that we may receive the mercy that we need to get the job done. A mercy that becomes renewed every morning. So when God is with the movement, when God is with a city, when God is with a group of people, he adds mercy, which means he doesn't give you what you deserve. You'll make mistakes along the way. And he'll add mercy and seal the mistake. That's why you don't have to be perfect when you work with God, but you need a lot of mercy. As you begin to move toward him, he knows that you're frail. He knows you're human. He knows. He knew before you became, before you were born from your mother's womb or before you passed through the canal, he already knew what you were about and your tendencies. And he added a, the Holy Ghost adds a measure of grace and mercy to you so you can accomplish the goal. How many of you need mercy today? And our nation needs mercy. There's a lot of sins in America, but God is adding mercy to America. And America can survive if the church would start. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn. My people, turn from worldliness. Turn from what you feel is right and wrong. Seek my face and turn from wickedness. I will hear from heaven, forgive sin, and heal your land. God is ready to give you what we call appropriate assistance. You ever had someone to come alongside of you and they want to help you, but they don't know how to help. If you're taking a truck, a table off the, off the back of a truck and a man walks up and says, I want to help you do that. But he don't know how to carry the table. He can actually drop it and ruin it. And if you're going to pick up a table, you can't be this far from the table bending over like this. You got to get close, put your legs up on it and squat. And use your legs to lift, not just back. You will hurt your back very easily. I don't care how strong you are. And if you don't have strong abdomen, a strong abdomen, right? You're going to put a lot of pressure on your back. So a person that don't know how to help, trying to help, they don't have appropriate uh, help, they can hurt you more than they can help you. And that's why if you want to help a church, you got to find out what the church is building. Not just with your resume. See, I did this in my church, and I did that in my church, and I did this in my church. So what does that mean? What are you going to do here? You're going to do this, that, and the other one? We don't need that here. We already have somebody in place for that. What you want to do is learn how to adapt and give appropriate help. Find some place to help. That's what Holy Ghost does. He fills the gaps. And we need some gap fillers right now. Appropriate help, well-timed help. Some people can help you, but their timing is off. They're a day late and a dollar short. I needed you yesterday about this time. Where you couldn't be found. The Holy Ghost gives us well-timed help. For your city, while in your city, and it all comes by the Holy Ghost. Write it down. The word activates the spirit. The word is running swiftly in the earth. 
I know there's turmoil running swiftly, but I decree and declare that the word is faster than the turmoil. The word continues to grow and to spread even now. I'm decreeing and declaring that the word of God is spreading in the hearts of his people to bring a security that we feel and a security that's, real, that's a reality for his people. The word of God is growing in the hearts and spreading in the hearts, in the homes, in the cities, and in the communities of this nation. We're going to pray that, that the word of God will grow in the hearts of God's people. First in the home, then in the heart. Well, in the heart first, then in the home. In the cities, communities of this nation. If the word grows and spreads, then chaos can't. And we need preachers on C, uh, TBN and we need you on the word network and on impact to start preaching the word. Instead of just prosperity and, and uh, oh God's got a blessing for you with your name on it. And let me tell you, these three things are going to bring you success. What about a word that's tailor-made for right now? Like follow Jesus. We need Holy Ghost. We need to pray. If my people which were called by my name would humble themselves and pray. We need to get rid of the pride. We've got to learn how to flow. We've got to learn how to flow with God. We've got to get back to loving Jesus. It is not our bullets that keeps us uh, from being overtaken. It is the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit that's protecting America. Because if you get somebody in the CIA or Manchurian candidate, it doesn't matter how many bombs you got. You want to rule, ruin any company? Get somebody in there and let them go through the stages to become a leader in there and then learn all of the secrets of the company and then sell them to China while you don't see it. That does way more damage than any force on the outside. What if you got people in the government that have some crazy ideas? They've already been elected, but they're Manchurian candidates. They're being controlled by another puppet bastard. You can march all day, but if you got that inside, you will need something else to uproot it out. Glory, hallelujah. Write it down. The word was sent, sent to seek and to say that which was law. So when we release the word, let me tell you something. The word automatically starts going to lost and to those who are unsaved. And to those who have a demented mindset. That's what it's for. If we release the word, it's going to go to people who are plotting bad things. We inquire, we require, and we request that the Lord would send his word forth and heal the nation. We ask God for the peace that will pass understanding and the welfare for God's people in this country. Write it down, false prophets don't speak for God. False prophets don't speak for God. And if you're a true prophet, what you say will come to pass. That's why be very careful. Thus saith the Lord thy God. Be very careful. You don't speak for God. Because the true test of a prophet is that that prophet's word will come to pass. They don't say the devil messed it up. If it's the word of the Lord, it's going to happen like God says it. Glory to God. And every prophet that prophesies for certain things that don't happen that way, you got to say, God, forgive me. And he will give you mercy. Because just because you had a bad prophecy don't mean you have to live that way. Humble yourself and stop prophesying to people's desires so you can sell a book next year. Because if I'm the president's friend and I tell him he's going to win and he just wave his hand in my direction, then I'm going to be able to sell a million copies next year. So I come against the spirit of uh, divination. The viners are exposed in the name of Jesus. People who are moving not by the Holy Ghost, but by a spirit of get over. By the spirit even of capitalism. I want to make more money. That's not what should be moving believers. It's the pure nectar of the Holy Ghost. Believe me, churches need money. And I wish somebody donate me a billion. But I'm not going to compromise Holy Ghost for it. The Lord is confusing the tongues. 
of those people who are plotting strategies against the nation. The Lord, listen to me, false prophets don't speak for God. True prophets come against divination. True prophets come against confusing tongues. We decree and declare that there's singleness of heart in the name of the, legion, of the Lord. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. And we don't follow conspiracies, we follow scriptures. False prophets would never tell you this. But I believe the Lord is saying he is exposing their schemes. He's exposing the schemes of the evil one. They're kind of hidden and secret. They're written in code. If God is for it, you can come straight out. You can say, this is what the Lord said. The prophet, one of the prophets in the Old Testament said, this time tomorrow, so and so and so is going to happen. Guess what? About that time tomorrow, so and so and so happened. Glory to God. The angel of the Lord told Sarah about this time next year. You will give birth to a son. She laughed. Ha! I'm 80. Ha! I'm 80 years old. What are you? Got a foolish what? He said, Why do you laugh? With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says Joshua was afraid to lead the people. And God said, I will magnify you in the midst of these people as I was with Moses. So will I be with you and I'm going to give you faithful. And the Bible says as Joshua began to go through the promised land, the kings of that land feared him. And he was trying to vanquish one of his enemies and the sun was going down. He had so much favor. He said, God, give me more light. <laughs> Scripture says he locked the sun in, in the air, in the atmosphere, and still gave him light for another 24 hours. <laughs> with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible to them which believe. Where's your faith? Oh ye of little faith. God can't work through a government that's limping. God can't do something when the chips are down. God can't raise the stock market up after a fall. God can't keep you with a job during a pandemic. The devil is a liar. He's did it before and he'll do it again. We need to expose the schemes of the enemy that's telling God's people you can't make it. You won't make it. God is through with you. God is not through with America. We got too many things to do. We got too many people to save. We got too many nations to liberate. We can't crumble now. Can't die now. There's too many Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized believers, tongue talkers that's in the house of God, that's praying and exposing the schemes of the enemy. Glory to God. False prophets are silenced in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy false prophets will have no platform. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, there's freedom of religion and freedom of his speech. But God is going to stop your tongue from speaking. They are rendered irrelevant. Your word is obsolete. Your methods are antiquated. You're not speaking for God if you're speaking doom and gloom. A true prophet, I don't care what it looks like. He's going to always testify of Jesus. And until he comes, it's yay and amen. Yes, we got some hard days ahead and some stuff happened. Didn't you go through 2020? It was hard 2020. But let me tell you something. God is still raising up a remnant. He's still doing what he said he would do. He's still the head and not the tail. He's still alpha and not. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Glory, hallelujah. Psalm 55 and 9, destroy their scheme. Who destroy their schemes, O Lord. Confuse their tongue. 
For I have seen violence and strife in the city. I need you to write that verse down. When there's violence and strife in the city, the root cause is people to listen to the schemes and the plans of people who don't have God's heart. But I decree and declare to destroy their schemes, O oh Lord. Confuse their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife. In the city. So I decree and declare that blinded eyes are open. The schemes of the enemy are spoiled. The lies of the demonic influences have been quelled. Understanding and enlightenment. To the hope of the call of God's people is arising. God is even delivering you from this world's point of view. Listen to me. This is very powerful. Get it. God is delivering you from a worldly perspective. You would tell anybody, if you listen to only uh, liberal media, you're going to be liberal. Let me tell you something. If you only listen to conservative viewpoints... You're going to be extreme conservative, but you need balance. You need balance. Glory to God. God is delivering you from a perspective that's worldly, whether you're extreme conservative or way off to the left, because there's an extreme right just like there's an extreme left. And you need balance. This world has a world's point of view, and many in the kingdom are adopting it. Thank you, Jesus. People who are really pushing against abortion real strong are actually the former uh, fathers of that movement were uh, segregationalists. They didn't believe in the equality of races. And they infiltrated the church 40 years ago and began to teach. But they didn't say, I'm, I'm segregationalist. They just started teaching things that some believers were mild about. And it became the, the leading cause of us saying, well, I'm conservative or not. But the people pushing it did not be, believe in the equality of race. And you could take a flag and think you're lifting it up to God and don't know where the father of the thought came from. That's why you need a godly point of view. Not shaped by everybody who's talking it because they're talking it now because a segregationist came to churches and began to preach that 40 years ago for 40 years in the major houses. Now those same people are seeing what they've done to the church. It's us against them where the church has been set in the community to save the community. Not us against them. But this is the water hole for you to come. Come unto me. All he that labor and are heavy laden. Even if you made your worst mistake. And I will give you Sabbath. God wants us to release the power of the gospel message now. Not whether you'll take your country back. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the only answer. The good news that comes through Jesus. We forgot. To the angelic host and the Lord of hosts. That are with us. There are more. Than they that are against us. So let us pray. Father, I pray that you will protect me, this your people, from the evil one. 
And I pray that you would be a shield about us. Behind, beneath, and above. Help us to detect Satan's wiles, his schemes, his deceitful ways, his plans, his suggestions. I confess my sins and the sins of this people. And we receive your forgiveness that we might be clean before you. May there be no evil. No evil intent within us. Within our soul that gives Satan permission to tempt us or to harness us or to ensnare us. I pray that you would put a, cl a cloud of glory behind me and block the schemes of the enemy. Put that cloud of glory between me and Satan, between us and his schemes. We pray for this nation that we might be protected from Satan's designs. Put distance between us and them, between sin and righteousness. Your spirit between them and the deceptions of the flesh. Protect us. Protect your people everywhere from those who would deceive, manipulate, or even destroy. Deliver us from ourselves. America cannot be taken by an outside force, but it can implode from the inside out. I'm asking you to do this in the matchless name of Jesus. And let the church say, amen. As I said earlier, I'm decreeing a school of prayer. We do a prayer school in the month of April or March or, or May around uh, the National Day of Prayer. But this prayer school now is activation. Today, for the next seven days, I want our church and those of you that are connected with me, if you believe I am a prophet from the Lord, we need to come together and pray. The prayer director may feel led to do some things uh, via Zoom or via uh, teleconference in the evenings, just for an hour or whatever. Whatever God leads you to do, this, I felt early this morning that I needed to say that. It came upon me. I wrestled last night. I wrestled last night. And when I wrestle, I know I need to pray. When I got up this morning and put my feet on the ground, I heard him say, pray. And I need to say that to you. Holy Ghost is saying it's time to pray. And in this church, we don't believe you need to pray for five and ten hours to get God moving. Can you give him at least three minutes? If I can get all of you to give me at least three minutes in prayer, guess how many hours that becomes. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I pray Psalm 23. He makes us to lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside still waters. He restores our mind. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff comforts me. You prepare a table before us in the presence of conflicts and terrorism. You anoint our heads with oil and our cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us. All of the days of our lives. As we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, God. I covered you with Psalm 23. Join with me and pray with you and your families for the next seven days in this school of prayer. Watch God do something. Amen. If you're unsaved, it's very simple. All you got to do is confess the Lord Jesus. Confess him. Say, I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and receive him in my heart. That's all you have to do. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you 
this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.